Nourish your inner power with alcohol-free organic sparkling teas and botanicals made with ethically sourced, regeneratively grow ingredients. That's right, drinksarilla.com. That's drink, S-A-R-I-L-L-A.com. And you can check out their variety of flavors from sparkling organic green hibiscus tea to sparkling organic white ginger tea. They have sparkling organic apple black tea, sparkling organic lemon black tea, Tulsi lime sparkling botanical, and rubus vanilla sparkling botanical as well. That's six different flavors to serve. Or you can check them out online and get the Cirilla starter pack sampler gift. Drinksarilla.com. Try it today. Welcome to the Bullish Picks Podcast. All information herein is for information purposes only. Nothing heard on this podcast is considered financial advice. Bullish Picks cannot and does not assess, verify, or guarantee the adequacy, accuracy, or completeness of any information heard on this show. The hearer bears responsibility for her or his own investment research and decisions. Great day, family. You are tapped into the Bullish Picks podcast with your main man, 100 Grand, Ken Blanks Harrell, right here. Streaming on your favorite podcast and platform where we give you everything you need from Main Street to Wall Street so that you can navigate these choppy waters. You've got stock market questions. I've got stock market answers. Tap in. Catch me on IG at Ask Blank. And I I believe in a concept called eating my own dog food. I learned that back in the day a long time ago. It was an ism that Dan Gilbert, I used to work in a past life in a cubicle selling mortgages and a quick and rocket mortgage. They had this thing called isms and these different phrases that kind of shape the philosophy of the workforce. And we eat our own dog food was one of them. And the analogy that they used to explain that ism is like, if you work at, 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 at Ford motor company, you shouldn't pull up in a Nissan. You know what I mean? Everybody who work at Ford should drive a Ford. And at those plants, they actually have a lot, for employees that drive the vehicles of the manufacturer. And if you don't own that vehicle, they actually have a parking lot way out yonder for non-for work. Like this is a real concept. One of my frat brothers, one of my tight men, he worked, been working at Ford nearly 20 years. And I thought that was very intriguing. Like you literally have to walk a half a mile extra if you're not driving a Ford and you work at Ford. So that concept of we eat our own dog food, when it comes to the pre-market movers, you hear, you know, uh, Kathy doing her thing. She said, I'm going to Pitts. Pitts do the videos. Um, we talking about the music. I'm, I'm hollering at Dasul. Dasul is a DJ, right? We eat our own dog food. I hired Just Money to help me with my business credit, right? Paid the fee, whatever it is. I hired Jess Davis to help me with my resume and LinkedIn profile. Paid the, paid the price. Whatever they was charging, I paid it. I didn't ask for a hookup. I didn't ask for no freebies. Dasul, I bought over a half dozen bottles of, or probably a dozen bottles of the Mount Sinai, but I gave away a half dozen of them just as Kwanzaa gifts, right? I, I support those. We need to support each other. I booked Lala to teach. I've signed up for, you know, uh, classes with Christopher Scott. Like, he's coached me. Like, I, I spend bread within our community. If I'm at the closing table doing a real estate deal, best believe, Clayton Neal is at the table too because he either found the property or helped me negotiate the deal or did something, right? So 
pour into each other. Take the time to get to know each other. The 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 DMs, the back ends, the is I, I don't know how many people here got my direct sale number, but enough. We kick it. Like we can communicate and build. Just wanted to say that to encourage you all to keep, you know, keep those communication lines wide open and tap into each other. I think I saw Brother Pitts, Mike's back on you. I appreciate that. I'm going to keep raising my hand. I feel like it's a power presence when you have your hand up and then you just wait your turn and then you speak. You know, you got the stage and all that. It just seems like an appropriate way to do that. But no, the first thing I want to talk about, I know we've been looking at it. Uh, what, what's up with the U.S. dollar? I, I, I'm, fa- I'm, I'm a fan of Ray Dalio and how civilizations die the lifespan of a civilization. And I think during our lifetime, we're actually going to see the decline of the U.S. being a superpower with Saudi Arabia, uh, Africa, parts of Africa, uh, China, Russia, and India all banding together to ditch the U.S. dollars and medium of exchange. Uh, I mean, just kind of looking at that, and if you have understood what Ray Dalio said, when civilizations fall and new civilizations, you know, come, China is the next front runner to be the superpower of the world, excluding the fact that we have, you know, the number one military and whatnot. But the way that they're working, I don't think they're necessary. I'm not going to say it, but I don't think there will be a World War Three per se. I think that's a little mundane for the way that they're moving. When you look at how TikTok, you know, has been influencing just our children and stuff, how China kind of did that. If you think about the fact that Saudi Arabia controls gas, and it's funny, at the same time that they control the gas, we have these issues that we're also trying to move into straight EV vehicles by the legislation. I find that kind of, you know, coincidental that that's happening. And in addition to that, Russia has uh, Ukraine, which creates, you know, a fifth of the world's barley, wheat, and whatnot. And then going back to China, in addition to them producing everything, they also control Taiwan, if you really look at how close they are. But that's kind of what I've been thinking about. You know, if you think about this and then India, you know, anytime you want to do some type of help or you do something, we outsource so much stuff to India. If you really think India has so much intellectual property on the U.S. and how it operates, like all of these together as a conglomerate without war can really knock the U.S. off of its feet. And the way that I'm thinking, I'm trying to increase my income as much as possible so I can go head up to Abu Dhabi where everybody's making at the new capital. So that's really just kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm not even laughing. I'm being for real. Like, I'm I'm 20, uh, how old am I? 25, 26. Like, you know, by the time I'm 40, bro, the U.S. might not be the place to be at. It might be damn near on the brink of being the third world country, especially if you look at the areas like Flint and some of these other places. No, New York, you know, California, Miami might not be, but I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, bro. You know what I'm saying? I need to, I need to figure something out. You know what I mean? Very interesting conversation indeed. You go ahead, wake up in the morning, punch us in the face. Yeah, well, America, you last couple of days, bro. I was like, I can't keep coming up here and not having nothing. It's like I'm an intelligent young man. I just need to realize what I want to talk about. You know what I mean? But there it is. Yeah, I think that um, you bring up a very intriguing topic of discussion. I would certainly like to hear opinions around the board on uh, what some people think because i think that's like an elephant in the room no one really addresses it. it seems so extreme in one aspect but in another aspect it could could be um possible i don't know how probable it is but it certainly has a possibility i think that when we were we were at the brink of um having some serious problems there's this there's a term that's worse than a recession and there's a term 
that's worse than a depression because after recession is a depression. But and and so at the when we were in the in the I would call it the apex of the pandemic and everything shut down and everybody was getting all these uh, PPP checks and whatnot. Um, the, the looming term was actually called an economic derailment, which is something totally different than a recession or a depression. Recession being a, a decline, roughly a 20 percent, um, you know, um, a recession. I mean, excuse me, a depression is even worse, lasts even longer. But a derailment is when just the math ain't mathing no more, like at all. And you can't lower the interest rates enough to fix it. You can't raise them enough to fix it. Um, and it's just it's just complete anarchy. And that was where we were actually headed. Some like big, big time economists and analysts were saying that if we didn't figure something out, that is the direction we're heading in. And there's no real fix for a derailment, like just like a train going off the tracks. Derailment is off the tracks. The train can't do nothing if it's off the tracks. If it's still on the tracks and has a, a breakdown, you can still fix it because it's still at least on the tracks. You can get it back moving. But once it's derailed, it's off. It's, it's done. And so I think that we've actually pulled out of the economic derailment danger zone. Um, but there was a time within the last year that that was really something people were concerned about. So I'm not going to say that your inquiry is too far off base, Pitts, you know, um, but it have to be a, a lot of specific events and triggers for that to happen. I think that America is such an important component of the global economy. Some would say it's too big to fail. And then others say that um, historically all, all civilizations at some point have come to an end, right? There's been a lot of world leaders that are no longer the leaders anymore. So very intriguing topic to say the least. Anyone want to jump in? So Pitts, <clears throat> I know you have your hand up. <laughs> Um, but I just wanted to piggyback off of that. I just pinned something up at the top. Uh, I am not the economic person or commodities person at all. That's not me. It's my area of opportunity, as I like to say. Um, but I do know that in diving deep, deeper into it and, and learning more about it, right, because we always should be learning, um, I do. I pinned something up at the top, which is an a email I get. I talked about it before um, a few months ago, I believe, but it's called Inside Commodities. And it basically goes over, it gives you snapshot of like the oil markets. And I get it every single morning about 630 in the morning. Um, it goes over the oil markets, the agricultural markets. So you look like, for example, when looking at it now, it says Brazil may supply up to 50 percent of Argentina's soy imp imports. OK, so let's look at soy. Let's look at Brazil. Let's look at Argentina. And then it's talking about grains, right? So it goes into agric agricultural markets. Also talks about the metals market as well as carbon and um, the power market. So I think that's something that's very good, like a good snapshot. You're like, okay, well, I want to learn more about this or I want to think more about this when you're going into those other different, into those other markets. It also kind of gives you like a, a quick snapshot um, based on the time that they sent it as far as like the crude oil prices, the futures, the gasoline, the natural gas, you know, as well as like the wheat and corn and things like that. 
that. I know me and Lala were talking about weed and corn on the back end before, but I love your inquiry and just wanted to point out that this this newsletter is really good for like dip, dabbing your foot in there, right? And learning more, especially when it's about other markets, other cultures, other um, areas. For example, it also goes into Asia's uh, coal imports, right? So it goes into like China is what they've been importing the most. And then you can see Japan and India as far as what, you know, they're importing as far as coal because we know we're coming out. Well, what are we in? March. Yeah, we're coming out of like the winter season over here in the South at least. So yeah, that's that was my only contribution. Pitts, I see your hand down, but you can go ahead over to you. I actually lost what I was about to say, if I could say so myself. But uh, let's see. I can say something about the U.S. before you spoke. It was, you said that the U.S. wouldn't be off the face of the earth as a superpower. I, I, I definitely say that. Uh, that it would not. It, I mean, it is too big to fail in a sense, and banks are too big to fail as well. That doesn't mean they're the number one company, and that's what I want to get at. Like I've been, you know, watching Trap and Market Mondays for the longest, but like you know, just really looking at what Trap was saying in terms of like just the fact that they are getting together and doing things and actually like kicking them out the window. Like, no, it won't go down. But again, no, it won't. Like I don't. I'm very positive that the U.S. is not going to just fall off the the wayside you know what i mean but at the same time i don't think they would be the hub that it was you know and then looking at inflation like if we try to go down and i'm spitting this straight from trap and he has a point and i agree with it but if we try to get down to two percent inflation back to the the last normal that we had compared to the new normal we have now after all the the you know injection of cash and whatnot i think that it would be way more painful than that like it's kind of actually unreasonable to kind of go that low i see mr two up has his hand i'm gonna pass that mic not sure if you're gonna chime in or not but i'm I'm gonna jump in here real quick and just say that i always think of the alternative all right let's say let's say you're right let's say the u.s crashes and falls off a cliff and goes into the economic abyss and is no longer the hub for finance in the global economy. All right, then what is my question? Then what? Let's say it all hit the fan, the jig is up, America fails, then what? How does the world look after that? Like, seriously, like who emerges as the world leader? Whose currency do we switch all of our U.S. dollars to if it, like, it literally collapses? And if it collapses... Our money ain't valuable no more anyway, so it ain't nothing to flip to nobody. We just... You know what I mean? Asked out, I guess. So I'm just kind of figure out. It's it's one thing to throw a a concept or a possibility out there, but like let's really explore. What does it look like? Let's say stuff hits the fan on Monday, and they come and announce, "Hey, y'all, the jig is up, and America economy is over." What do we do on Tuesday? What does anybody in America do on Tuesday? What happens to our entire livelihood, our homes, our our credit? Like none of that matters no more. If the the U.S. dollar fails like the whole jig is up. Your retirement, your, you know, what I mean? everything like it, it'll turn into one of the movies like what uh, Hunger Games or something. Like, I don't know what happens. Is it completely the apocalypse? Like we got to really think about the things we say. If the a United States economy fails on Monday, what WTF happens on Tuesday? That's what I want. I'm, I'm curious about that. Check but, the chat for my answer. All right, there it is. Mr. Two Up, mic's on you, then we're going to go to reset. All right, Ben. So I think I shared with you yesterday, Ken, that uh, I don't know if, if uh, 
Pitts mentioned this. He might have, and this probably sparked the, sparked the conversation in the first place about Brazil and China uh, kind of teaming up a little bit and ditching the U.S. Uh, dollar for their own currency. So we no longer going to be the middleman, or our dollars no longer going to be the middleman. Um, I say all this to say, like, this is a reality. Um, and, and when we put when we put our when we put our worth when we put our value in something as made up as the dollar, then when the dollar falls, we have nothing. Now I'm not saying we shouldn't build wealth. I'm not saying we shouldn't buy real estate. I'm not saying we you know we shouldn't work hard and, and stack bread. But I am saying your true value is doesn't have monetary value. Your true value is is in your gifting. Um, and this is why it's important to know who you are in, in your identity and don't wrap yourself up in the cars that you buy or the houses that you buy or the stock that you own or the option trade that you make. So that's just something real quick I wanted to say. As I said, I'm, I'm the resident empathy engineer. I'm the resident uh, trading psychologist, whatever you want to call me. I have a lot of names. I have a lot of hats. But one of the things I am most passionate about is folks not getting wrapped up in their identity on temporal things. Money is going to, moths, moths are going to eat money. Cars are going to rust. Your home needs service or, or it won't be any tenant improvement or it's, it's not going to be worth anything. Your heart is the same way. Your mind is the same way. All right. I, I'll circle back to this in a little bit. All right. All right. Phenomenal conversation. Thank you so much, Mr. Pitts, Pittspreneur, for opening up the room and taking it in that direction. Very positive, productive conversation, intelligent and insightful. And I'm sure we're going to get more dialogue on that as the show goes on. Great meals start with Mount Sinai olive oil. Mount Sinai olive oil is first cold pressed with no added preservatives, which gives it a rich and delicious flavor. No matter what's for dinner, Mount Sinai olive oil is here with the delicious pure oil to pair it with. Shop online at mountsinaioliveoil.com.